I want to, I've had on my heart as we prepare for um, partaking of the Lord's table um, here in just a few moments that uh, I was looking at that word when the Bible says, let a man examine. And I've made mention of this previously, but I believe so many times when we see that word, we read it over um, the world and other false religions have sure messed up the doctrine of confession and what it means and how we're supposed to do it. And uh, we, we think about confession. It was actually just talked about, joked about a little bit down here. I sat down front here and I was talking with someone. They came and sat down beside me and they said, oh, is this the little, is this, is this the little booth? And pretended like they slid open the, the little window that was there. But that's, that's the truth, isn't it? As far as we, we talk about confession and automatically a lot of our minds uh, go back to a false religion and spending time whether we're confessing to a man. And I'd like for us to look at this subject matter in a biblical way that starts with examination, okay, and then moves into confession, which in turn leads to forgiveness. How many enjoy and are thankful for the forgiveness of the Lord? I'm so thankful for forgiveness. How many too many times in our lives we tried to jump right to the forgiveness and we didn't have the examining and the confession and uh, say, Lord, just jump over here. But I want you to see this, and there's just a couple verses. Psalm 51, um, as we look at this, to give you the background of it, many of you have read this. You know exactly what the, the context of the Scripture is about. Psalm 51 is, is one of the Psalms that David wrote after his sin with Bathsheba. And not just his sin with Bathsheba, but the killing of Uriah, her husband. And so when I say one of the Psalms, and then I say afterwards, it's, it's looking at he's come to a point in his life, and we can dwell on the sin, but yet I'm thankful that God chose to be able to put this one in the Scripture for us to be able to see how to deal with sin and to be able to have victory over that. And uh, so we see this. I'm just going to read the first few verses. There's so much we could look at because I believe there's a before, there's a present, and there's a future that's given here all in Psalm 51. But to start in verse 1 where he starts off, have mercy upon me. Now, can I pause right there for a second? And whenever there is known sin in our lives, those are a great four words to start off with. Have mercy upon me. O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Now, as we look at these few verses, and we're going to look at a few other passages of Scripture <coughs> to be able to ask God to be able to help us with this, I found out that most of the time when someone has sin in their life, most of the time they know about it. 
And you say, oh no, I'm over in the Psalm 139 category and I just need God to search my heart all the time and see if there be any wicked way. No, I've found out the majority of time, every one of us know if and what that sin is in our lives. So David here, as he begins, he uses words like transgressions in verse number one. Now, there's several words throughout the Bible to be able to describe our sin against God. Transgressions is one of them. If you can put it in the same category as like a trespass, that's you sometimes. A transgression is that which we know to be right, and we cross that line and go ahead and do wrong anyway. Okay, we're crossing a line, that, that, that prefix trans, that crossing and changing over transgression, we know what's true. Now, when you look in David's life, there were two things specifically. One was he committed adultery. Now, I don't think we'd have to take a survey here this afternoon on how many of us would believe that adultery is wrong. We believe it is, don't we? It's against the word of God, okay? But then second of all, he actually had uh, her, wife, her husband, Uriah, murdered on the battlefield. He sent a letter and said, listen, when you're in the heat of the battle, everybody else withdraw and leave Uriah there at the front line so that he perish. Would we all agree that premeditated murder is against God? Okay, that, that's wrong, isn't it? This is yes. If some of y'all are sitting there saying, I just don't know. I mean, I understand there's individual cases we might be able to justify it, okay? But listen, adultery and murder, yes, it was brought to him. Nathan the prophet came to him, explained to him, called out his sin, thou art the man, And when it comes time to examine the heart, these things were at the forefront of his heart, and he did not say, God, if I have sinned against you. But he did say, according to the multitude that tend to mercy, he's blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. God, if there's sin... God, if there's iniquity... God, if there's transgression... I found out most of the time in my life, take that word if out of there because we can't acknowledge it and we know that it's there. But you say, what are we supposed to do? We start with examining. God, what is it in my life? Now, here's how we do this. What is it in my life that is contrary or broken the laws of the word of God? Okay, so I would have to look through. We, some have said that sin is, is, is missing the mark. Sin is, is falling short. I'll say that sin is simply disobedience to the commandments of the word of God. Okay, very simply as that, okay? So if I had a, an argument with my wife on the way into church this morning, that's why we drive separate vehicles, by the way. Okay, that's not why. It just does, sure does help, and then I'm not honking the horn 20 times trying to get her downstairs to be able to go. She's probably listening downstairs right now, and I'll be in trouble afterwards. <laughs> we start examining, saying, what is it in my life? So if I know that there's something there, okay, I just spoke really horrible to Ben, 
I mean, I called him every name in the book under, under the sun. I just tore him up and down. Is that the Christian thing to do? Okay, so if that is in my life, I'm examining, saying, God, I'm searching my heart, and right at the forefront of my heart is how I've treated my brother. The Bible does say, let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. And boy, I just tore him up. Our relationship isn't the best. You know what I'm going to do? I need to, and everything is right. First of all, I need to ask God to be able to forgive me, but I need to go to him and say, would you forgive me? I shouldn't have acted like that. I shouldn't have talked like that. You say, well, maybe he deserved it. And he, he probably did. <laughs> but that doesn't give me the right to do it and to act in an unbiblical and an unchristlike manner. So I examine my heart, and it usually doesn't have to go too deep for God to say, yeah, here it is right here. And that Holy Spirit of God, he's real quick if we say, I'm examining my heart. He's real quick to put his finger on something that we've got, okay? So we examine it. We know that there is sin there, but then we acknowledge who we sinned against. Now, I know that there's times, listen, I sin against my brother. With David's life here, he could have said, I sinned against Bathsheba. I sinned against Uriah. I sinned against the nation. But he said in verse number four, against thee, speaking to God, against thee, thee only have I sinned. And we need to understand that when we break God's law, listen, it may hurt those that are around us, but we have committed a trespass against the very law of God. And we have sinned against him and done this evil and I look at this word evil because the acknowledgement of our sin before the Lord, so many times we just like to sugarcoat it. And we like to say, well, we use terms like this. Oh, it's just a little white lie. Oh, it's not so bad. I mean, nobody was hurt by that. The Bible says and uses words like evil, transgression, iniquity, sin, gets down where the rubber meets the road and said, listen, God isn't pleased with this in our lives, and done this evil in thy sight. Now, in other words, and I think he knows that judgment be coming because he says, I'm acknowledging this so that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Of saying, Lord, I'm acknowledging this, and whatever you speak and judge my direction, you're clear, you're right in doing that. So we examine what is it in our lives that may be contrary <coughs> to the word of God, that we have broken the law of God. And then say, Lord, identify that. We take it before the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I have done. Now, here's our goal. Our goal is not to have 18 pages every week to go through and say, God, this is what I've done. Our goal is, if, I, if that took place, between me and Brother Ben, as soon as I walk away, that Holy Spirit of God's saying, that was wrong. Boy, you shouldn't have talked like that. But God, he was worth it. How many have ever argued with God, okay? And we have that conversation saying, God, it's not so bad. Listen, I ought to turn around immediately and go back and keep a short account and say, I'm sorry about that. I've confessed it to the Lord. Brother, would you forgive me for that? I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. Would you get that right? 
and restore that fellowship between us, okay? But we examine our hearts. We say, is there anything in our life that, listen, is, is breaking the law of God, anything that's sin? We confess it to the Lord. The Bible says, and this is where we could, we could trace this through, the Bible does say if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, okay? Now, there are some times, and I just say sometimes, that we don't know right off the bat that this is where my sin is against God. You ever been in your prayer time to the Lord and you're spending time in the Word of God and you're spending time in prayer, and boy, all of a sudden, something comes up out of the blue and you're like, where did that come from? And he brought something up we should have gotten taken care of. Maybe it's sin from years gone past. When we first started traveling, I've used this example before. I was driving down the road and I was was praying one morning. I think I was in eastern Pennsylvania on I-81. That's how real it was, remembering where I was. And I was driving down the road and the Lord brought a situation to my mind from years earlier. And the Lord said, I mean, I was just asking the Lord to search my heart. I'm spending time in prayer with him. God, would you search me? And boy, that come. And I'm like, what in the world is that? Where'd that come from? And while I'm driving down the road, I get on the phone and I called the person that it was connected to in my life. And, uh, and I called him. I said, listen, I said, this came up in my personal devotion, my prayer time this morning. And I said, I need to get this right. And I said, I want to ask you to forgive me for this thing that took place. Now, I hadn't given it a thought. I don't know if they had given a thought. He told me, well, I haven't been thinking about that at all, but he said, I appreciate you giving me a phone call. He didn't say, I don't even remember that. But I thought there may be some things that we need to ask the Lord, God, would you search me and know my heart? Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. But then he said this, when he identifies that to us, he's going to lead us in the right way. You turn over to Psalm 139, the very last verse, and lead me in the way everlasting. And so he does that for us. He just doesn't identify the sin that's in our lives, but he gives us an opportunity to be able to confess it and be able to get it right. And then we start walking right. Now, when you take the time, I love Hebrews chapter number 10, and I was just reading over it again in between services as I went over there, and it started talking about we have not an high priest. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. I get my verses mixed up. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. You know why? Because of what Christ has done for us, and it says specifically to find help in the time of need. Well, there's times that I need help with forgiveness of sins, and I need to take it before the Lord. Now, listen, we're mixed up in this, in this world and society today that we have a feeling that confession is going into a little booth and talking to a man on the other side and being able to lay out all of our sins to him, and he's able to tell us what we need to do to be able to be absolved of that. Can I encourage you to take a little bit of time and read Hebrews chapter 5? And especially the first five or six verses that said, listen, why would we go to a a human? Why would we go to a man that he himself is cumbered with iniquity? That we're just going to a man and saying, hey, would you forgive me? How can he forgive us when he has sin that he can't even forgive for himself? But then starting about verse number three down there in Hebrews chapter five, it introduces Christ to us. And that's the answer to it. We go before the Lord. So here's what we do when we examine ourselves. We say, Lord, what is it in my life that's broken the law of God? 
Now, we do this as we go into the Lord's Supper, and uh, we understand this is a time of promoting purity inside of our church. It's a time of realizing, hey, we're not supposed to be sitting here with unconfessed and unrepented sin, that we examine ourselves, it is identified, take it before the Lord, and be clear of it. And once we're clear of it, listen, it's over. God's not holding that over us anymore. When it has genuinely been confessed and repented of it, it's just like the old song, we go before him and say, what sin are you talking about? That we keep trying to bring it up to the Lord and the Lord says, don't have a record of it, you, you got that taken care of. But boy, aren't we good of keeping a list? Not for ourselves, of course, <clears throat> but for everybody else. And then we just look out of the corner of our eye and we say, well, what in the world is Mike Hebert partaking of communion for? I know there's sin in his life. You know, that's why the Bible says examine yourself. I had a pastor call me one day as a missionary and we were taught as missionaries, don't ever wade into these waters. And a pastor called me and he said, having a little problem at the church. And he said, we're getting ready for communion. And uh, so he walked up to a man that had a sin in his life. And the pastor walked up to the man and said, um, you're not allowed to partake of communion today because that sin's in your life. And I was like, hmm. So then he said this, what do you think about that? And I'm like, not my call, not my church. The Bible says, examine yourself. And I did ask him, I said, did you walk up to the person that just gossiped and said, you can't partake of communion today? I said, did you walk up to the couple that you know they were arguing because you saw them in the church parking lot and say, you can't partake of communion today because you were arguing? I said, no. I said, the Bible says, let a man examine himself. I said, so what you do as a pastor, that's between you and the church. He wasn't there two weeks after that, just to let you know, okay? And uh, anyway, but what he was going through, and I thought, no, it's not my job. You know what relieves a whole lot? I'm not responsible for the sin that's in your heart. You are. You are. I'm responsible to stand up here and preach, thus saith the Lord. And if it rings your bell, get it right. If you don't, that's between you and the Lord. As long as I go home at night and I've done what the Lord told me to do and I can pillow my head and the Lord satisfied with the message that was sent forth and I pleased him and exalted him, said exactly what he wanted, it's off me. You examine yourself. And so what is it, ask the Lord, what is it in the life that is broken the law of God? Identify it, confess it, move on. Get it right you say, what's the purpose of all this? You examine yourself, and then the Bible says, and let him partake. You examine, get it right, partake. <clears throat> Do you understand if we give ourselves a month after each sin, before we feel we're worthy to be able to partake, none of us would ever partake. We wouldn't. But here's what I'm saying when I get ready to partake of that bread and, and partake of that cup, what I am saying is right now, 
I've gotten things right with the Lord, and the best of my knowledge, I'm right with God. It really is that simple that we say, I'm right with God. I've got it taken care of. Now, listen, someone may elbow you beside you and say, no, you're not. You just look at them and say, I just did. It's okay. I've got it taken care of. But thank you for checking on me. (laughs) Examine and identify. Confess it. Just tell it to the Lord. And then move forward. It really is that simple. We don't have a time that you need to come up and tell me everything before you partake. Would be here for the rest of the week. Okay? Get it right with the Lord and then partake. That's, that's how confession works. It's not, not getting absolution or forgiveness from another man. It's getting it from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid for your sin anyway. Okay? So we take it before him. Start out with have mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, and get it right.